Legend in my spare time contains themes and subjects that may not be. Legend in my spare time contains themes and subjects that may not be suitable for everyone listening. If you're easily offended, we suggest you get your podcast on elsewhere. Good evening. Tonight's story is called... Legend in my spare time! Welcome, ghouls, goblins, and hideous atrocities of all sizes, to the legend in my spare time Halloween spooktacular. It's going to get creepy in here, motherfuckers. Now as for your two supposed heroes, they did not put up much of a fight. So, you have me as yours. Who am I? I go by many names. Do you claim to be the Antichrist? Our first story is from the equally witty, angry, and short Zachariah for Misinformation Podcast. Misinformation Podcast is a pop culture comedy podcast available on iTunes or at podbean.com. Shameless plug. This is what happened when he used to live in a haunted house. Hey, it's Zach from Misinformation Podcast. Uh, Matt Lees tells me he is putting together a Halloween episode and he wants to hear some ghost stories. Um, I don't believe in ghost stories. I believe in real ghost tales. And I used to live in a haunted house, so I figured I would uh, drop in uh, a line to tell a couple of the experiences from that house. Uh, Everything I will be telling you is true. None of it is lie. None of it is exaggerated. It was actually happening. They were happenings. They happening to me. Um, let's see, it would have been... So I'm 37 years old now. It would have been about 10. So that would have been 27 years ago. So 1989, approximately. Uh, we lived in a house that my dad had bought from my grandparents. I believe the house was built in about 1906. Um, previously to our living in it, my great-grandmother had died in the dining room of the house. And there had always been strange goings on in the house. Um, things would turn up missing and then return exactly where they had been before. Um, my dad was living there by himself at the time. A lot of things like that happened, so it's not like um, my little sister was moving them around or anything like that. They would, just, they would just disappear, and then they would reappear wherever he had left them. Uh, in places that he'd already looked. So that's just kind of a weird little stuff. Um, not terribly spooky, if you will. A little poltergeisty, maybe. But uh, there were two specific instances when I was a kid that happened. Uh, the, the first instance would have been uh, early, in the, uh, early on a Saturday morning. Uh, my stepmom always used to give us shit about uh, coming downstairs and watching cartoons too early. And she worked every other weekend. 
So when I would go stay with my dad, it would usually be on the weekends that she worked, and I would wait for her to leave, and then I'd go downstairs and turn on the TV and watch cartoons like 6.30, 7 o'clock in the morning. I think she had to be to work at like 7.30. Well, one day I went downstairs, and there was this a uh, lot of fancy, ornate woodwork in the house. Um, beautiful, beautiful woodwork. And, and we had this giant sliding door that we never slid open. It was a, like a giant pocket door uh, that ran along our stairwell. We're right at the bottom of the stairwell going upstairs, and then there was also a just a regular walkthrough, heavy um, wood door, like cherry or oak or something, that always stayed shut to keep the cats downstairs so that they didn't go into the bedrooms upstairs. So one day, um, one Saturday morning, I went downstairs to uh, watch cartoons. I came through that door, and I shut it, and I heard my stepmom's car start up in the uh, driveway, and I thought I heard it back out. Then all of a sudden I heard someone walking through the house, so I ducked behind the recliner, um, heard footsteps go through the living room, the door that I had just come through open, and then shut, and then nothing, and then the door opened and shut again, footsteps went back through the living room, I looked out from behind the recliner and there was no one there. So that was fairly terrifying <laughs> for a 10 year old kid to uh, hear footsteps through the room you're in, watch a door open and shut and no one be there to open and shut it. Uh, another situation at the house was uh, my dad and I used to, once a year, we'd go up to the Mississippi River, um, and, and they had a, a kids' fishing derby. So it was like a fishing tournament for kids, and you'd go up and, and you know, they'd have different categories of fish. You'd catch them, and, and they'd weigh them, and then whoever had the biggest fish in that category would win. Well, it was like a three- to four-hour drive from our house, so we'd have to get up super early in the morning. Like we get up like four o'clock in the morning, drive up there. The fishing derby would start at like eight, and uh, we'd fish all day. Then we would drive home. Well, in order to do that, when I was a kid, I'd have to go to bed super early the night before, like seven o'clock. It was during the summer, so the sun would still be up. One uh, one year, I was laying in bed, and I had this small oscillating fan. Actually, I didn't even oscillate, but it looked like you know those standard oscillating fans that sit on a little pedestal, and it would sit on a shelf in my room. Um, I had it turned to high because it was hotter than shit up there. The air conditioning, it was such an old house, the air conditioning wouldn't push up into the upstairs. So it was super warm. Uh, I was trying to fall asleep, so I had my eyes shut, and the fan shut off. It shut off. Click, click. I open my eyes, and I look. It's turned off. So I click shut my eyes again because that's fucking weird, right? And uh, I hear click, click. It turns back on. So that in and of itself was strange, but the strangeness continued because uh, as I lay there with my eyes shut, um, I heard I had, they had these two sliding closet doors in the room, and I heard a big boom against one of the, the closet doors. I sat straight up in bed, and a stuffed animal that had been sitting on the shelf where the fan was was now laying at the base of the sliding uh, closet doors. Uh, oh, wait, there's more. <laughs> um, uh, I'm sitting there paralyzed with fear because it's clear to me at this point that it's not just the house settling or something. I've never seen a house settle and chuck a stuffed animal across the room. Uh, as I sat there, I started to hear, uh, no shit, no joke, something similar to... Coming from the area of my dad's bedroom across the hall. Now, that's not enough to make your blood run cold uh, I, don't, I don't know what it is especially as like a you know 10 maybe an eight, 8 to 10 year old kid I mean I was f- fucking terrified at this point well knowing that my grandmother my great grandmother had died in the house I just took a fucking leap of 
uh, I, I just uh, asked her to be quiet, and it, the noise stopped immediately. Uh, coupled with the noise before it stopped, the, besides just a, there was also some banging. It just sounded like furniture moving around and things in that room. Uh, those are the, the, the two instances that I can remember off the top of my head of terrifying things happening in that house. Uh, I, the house still stands. Yeah, my dad sold it when he moved to Arizona. Uh, it's a beautiful house on the inside, or at least it was when he sold it. It's just really too bad it was fucking haunted. This has been Zach from Misinformation Podcast with a couple Halloween stories for you. I love you, Melly. From the Gallifrey Stands Podcast, Dr. Squeeze got a story for us all. Over to you, Doctor. Hello, I'm Dr. Squeeze. And with me is my canine co-host, Dottie Ghoul. From the Gallif Slay Stands Podcast. I'd like to thank Leeds for inviting me to be on to tell my most chilling of scary stories I know. Lord John Smythe always loved visiting his mother's mansion estate. After all, he had grown up there. Spent 20 years running its grounds, but tonight it felt imposing, dark and foreboding. Aside from the heavy rain and the dark that had descended of night, his mother had just died. And there he was, sitting by her coffin. It was a strange request of hers that the night before her funeral, her son should sit by her coffin all night. But the request was made, and a Smythe always kept a promise. And Lady Smythe had made sure that John had promised. He sat there for hours in silence, just thinking about all the times with his mother. Then suddenly, there came a noise. John looked around him and called out, Is anybody there? No reply. But of course there wouldn't be. It was just his mind playing tricks on him, of course. Of course it was. Then came the noise again. This time a little louder. Well, he definitely heard it that time. But it was probably just a bird stuck in the chimney. Wouldn't be the first time. But it sure sounded like... It was coming from somewhere a lot closer. It went again, louder still, and this time there was no mistaking that it did not come from the chimney or anywhere other than the room he was in, from inside the coffin. But that just couldn't be. The noise went again. What had begun as a tap had become a knock. He slowly got up from the armchair he had been sat in made his way to the coffin in the middle of the room. He slowly put forward a hand, ready to open the coffin. He recalled that the noise, this time the coffin had moved with the sound, just slightly, making it askew on the two stands it was placed upon. The movement had been just enough that when a third knock came, the coffin fell from the stands with an almighty... (coughs) It landed in a standing position. Somehow the coffin did not open, 
John, scared out of his mind, started to move towards the door. This was too strange, too much to take in. However, as he moved towards the door, the coffin moved too. Was the noise it made. Now it just walked towards him, jerking from one side to the other in a macabre dance. No, John cried out. Mother, that's you. Please stop this. No reply, except for the coffin continuing to move towards him. John bolted through the door and on through the corridor, past numerous rooms in the huge house, pursued by the coffin. He finally got to the door and was just ahead of the coffin enough to bolt it from the outside before the coffin could get through. John breathed a sigh of relief. He would make his way to the police station and try to convince them of what had happened. John turned around to see the coffin fly through the large window by the door, as if thrown by persons unknown. Miraculously, it landed, standing up as it was before. Once again, it made its way towards John. He ran like a man possessed, along the huge drive, past the lavish garden and out onto the road, all the time pursued by the coffin that only seemed to get faster. He ran for what seemed like miles, no one in sight at this late hour, no cars coming down the road the estate was on. Finally, he came to an old abandoned house. Everyone knew of the Sewell house, of course, but no one would go near it as there were rumours of the murders that had happened there long ago and that the previous inhabitants still haunted it. But really, that didn't bother John at this moment as he ran into the house. Somehow, still ahead of the coffin, he managed to get into the house and close the door. Hello? He cried out, hoping beyond hope that he wasn't the only one brave enough to go into the house. No reply. He looked at the entrance to the house. This being more of an average house, it thankfully boasted no windows big enough for a coffin to burst through. He looked at the door. It was dented. Not to be stopped, the coffin was trying to batter down the door now. This was ridiculous. Not only that a coffin containing his saintly mother would have come to life, but now it was battering a door down? His thinking was cut short by another even louder <coughs> The door was starting to buckle. It was then that John made a fatal mistake. He ran for the stairs. He knew it was a mistake instantly, as it would bar him from any exit. But too late. As he turned to go another way, the coffin flew through the now shards of door. <coughs> landing at the bottom of the stairs, blocking him. The coffin propelled itself, one step at a time, up the stairs. John ran up them. In desperation, he started looking for things to throw at the coffin. As he reached the top of the stairs, he found an ornamental paperweight and threw it towards it. It merely bounced off. He ran down the corridor, throwing ashtrays, books, anything he could find to no avail. He then dived into one of the rooms. With great fear, he realised that he had just shut himself in the bathroom. He locked the door, but it didn't stop the coffin, which made it through the door in one action of throwing itself against it. Getting even more desperate, John threw the lid from the toilet. It had no effect. He then tried pulling the bathroom cabinet from the wall to throw it, but it wouldn't come free. So he threw the contents. Yes, it sounds desperate, but this was his last resort. He threw toothbrushes, tampons, dental floss, the coffin just edged nearer. Toothpaste, hand cream, plasters. The coffin was merely inches away and not stopping. 
Finally, he threw a bottle of cough mixture, and suddenly, the coffin stopped. Happy Halloween, everybody! of a hero and strength of a lion. But sometimes he can be scared too. Okay, I swear to God I'm going to try to keep this brief. Um, sorry to have to do this at work. Um, my internet at home doesn't work worth a crap. Um, so what I was going to say is uh, the uh, you asked for a sh- uh, sort of a scary story. Here's like the probably the two weirdest things that have happened in my life. Um, they're both going to be the kind of thing where everybody's like, "No, really, I swear it's true," and then everybody so, uh, just assumes it's it's bullshit, which you know you have every right to. Um, but the first thing was the house that I was born to, into in Lompoc, California. Um, my uh, my mother used to wonder why my sister and I used to play in this room that um, was basically just a storage room and one day because uh, she would hear us in there just like playing and laughing and there were no toys or anything in there so uh, they asked her you know my mom asked my sister what's going on uh, I was an infant and um, my mother or sorry my sister then would say uh, we're playing with the old lady and the kids and then as my mother found out later uh, it was a house that a, an elderly woman ran a daycare company out of, and uh, there was a gas leak, and uh, yeah, they all exfociated and died in the house, in that room. I don't remember it, but that is the case. Uh, at least that's according to family legend. Um, and the second thing is when I was a child, um, I also, uh, I had a lot of, uh, I had a lot of lung problems as a kid, and I didn't sleep very well. Uh, Insomnia is something that has followed me my entire life, but it was really bad when I was a kid. And I used to um, have this, I don't know if you'd say recurring vision, childish thought, I don't know what you want to call it, but anyway, I used to constantly see these, these two men that would come out of the corner, and they would walk towards the bed. And I would, I convinced myself as a child that I had to be asleep uh, before they got to the bed. Uh, they had a briefcase between them, and somehow I just, I knew if they, uh, if they got to the bed and opened the briefcase, that uh, they, I don't know, it was somehow going to take my soul or something. So as a child, I was always trying to, uh, I was always terrified and trying to fall asleep before the evil goons got to me. So um, those two things, feel free to uh, dismiss them as BS. But uh, they are family truths as I know them. And although I told them quickly here, uh, still something that uh, is able to give me the chills if I think about it too long. So there you go. Uh, Happy Halloween. Uh, From JJ. I don't think I ever said who I was. Hi. Ha ha ha!
Once upon a time on this very podcast, sci-fi and fantasy author, Mr. Colin R. Parsons, graced the show with his presence. And here he is, with his take on Halloween. Halloween is fast approaching and this is my horror short story. It's called Anna, Beware the Graveyard. The Elizabeth Guesthouse was an end of terrace affair that overlooked the ancient graveyard at Skull's End. Anna's room was adjacent to the cemetery boundary. In fact, her bedroom window was only metres above the headstones themselves. The burial grounds were unkempt and decayed. The original caretaker had died and wasn't replaced. He was buried along with the rest of the poor lost souls. There was an icy chill in the early hours which fogged up the window in her cold room. A whipping northerly wind toyed with the branches of an oak tree, so much though that it leaned in and scraped the glass pane. Anna lay in a deep sleep. She'd snugly wormed herself under the generously filled duvet. She was asleep, that is, until the scratching woke her. It was an instant waking, the kind that clawed at the nerves and gave a sick feeling deep in your stomach. She flicked open her razor eyes and tried to focus. Blacks and reds filled the darkness until she could see more clearly. All that was visible of her in the large double bed was her chestnut brown hair, two glassy eyes and her thin delicate nose which poked out like a flagpole. She lay inside her cocoon, straining her ears, trying to control her breathing, trying in fact not to make a sound at all. Puffs of hot breath escaped from her mouth and evaporated into the cold air. There it was again, she tensed. The scratching this time was followed by a shuffling sound, like someone dragging their feet. Anna held her breath until she couldn't hold on anymore. It went quiet again followed by the wind howling in the distance. This seemed to settle the nerves. Was it her imagination? It was peaceful now. She shook her head, dismissing anything sinister, and relaxed a little. Only the wind, she thought. Only the wind. She soon felt the weight of her lids forcing her eyes shut. Anna eased further down into her doorway until it covered every part of her body. And within seconds, she was asleep again. The sound, though, returned, louder this time. There was the scratch, scratch, scratching, followed by the dragging of feet. Anna instantly woke up, her eyes wide and glassy. Her body felt hot and sticky. She could feel the cotton of the duvet flat against her face. Her cheeks were glowing hot, and her steamy breath made it unbearable to stay under there without suffocating. <laughs> Her skin was prickly and she itched all over. 
It was the most uncomfortable she'd ever experienced. But she couldn't resurface. No, not with whatever was in her room. She couldn't stand there much longer either. What could she do? The sound stopped again. But she didn't feel alone in the room anymore. It was as if something or someone was looming at the foot of her bed. She felt faint and sick all at the same time. Tears welled up and pulled in her eye sockets, flooding over the creases of her skin and dampening the bedsheet. The shape of her body under the duvet quivered violently. Her whimpers filled the emptiness of the gloomy bedroom. Please don't hurt me. But it was only thought. Her throat was so dry she couldn't even croak. The sound was plain, a long continuous scratching, definitely nails scoring the plastered walls of a room. Added to that, the shuffling of feet across floorboards. It was so close now that she could hear the wheezing of laboured lungs. Anna's face was so tight that she thought her skin would tear. Her hands gripped the bedsheets, her fingers whitened at the knuckles. But there was something else happening. The duvet began pulling away from her and she could feel the cold air of the room seeping in. The sickening stench of decay forced its way into her nostrils and she retched, her eyes stinging, her bottom lip quivering. Breathing came in short stabs as if she'd been running but her throat was so tense she, could call, she couldn't call for help. Slowly images emerged in scary shapes that danced and played with her mind. There were wild and weird creatures forming, skulls with deep eye sockets, wolves that bared long bloody canines, mummified bodies floated across the ceiling, spiders speedily scurrying the walls. She tried to move but found she couldn't feel her limbs. Her heart was thumping so loudly it pounded her head, her lungs almost emptied of oxygen. As quickly as it came the room stilled. The terrifying images that plagued her vision dissolved. The duvet slowly flopped back over her trembling body. Outside the wind died and the oak tree once again stood rigid. Anna could finally feel herself relax. It took quite a, a while for her breathing to settle and the fear to subside. Her body became calm and she used her duvet to wipe away the perspiration. She pushed the bed covering to one side and twisted her body to the edge of the mattress. She sat up, lightheaded at first, and took a moment to steady herself. Reaching out, she flicked on the bedside lamp. The light was instant and the room bathed in yellow. It brought hope and safety. The, the clock proudly displayed two o'clock and that felt significant somehow. Anna could feel the dampness of her nightie clinging to her body. She shivered, eased off the bed and slipped into her waiting slippers while grabbing a dressing gown from the chair. She stood up and gingerly made her way to the window, wiping a clear circle in the misted glass. The street lamp sent a weak beam across the headstones. Anna squinted. There was a darkened figure sitting in the graveyard. She leaned in closer to the window, then realised the truth. She looked across at her own reflection in the window. She was fading away. Anna Frances had died in her bed 30 years earlier. Her clock had frozen at 2am precisely. The truth was never found out as to why or how she died. She just lay dead on the bed, her face screwed in terror and her pale milky eyes open 
and unseeing. Also, there was no reason why the window to her room was left open, especially on such a chilly winter's night. Anna took it all to her grave. <laughs> enjoyed our walk down spooky lane for our Halloween spooktacular. For the time being, I'll return the show to the two cowards quivering in the corner. But I'll see you next year, my pretty. You know earbuds, too. Happy Halloween! <laughs>